Blog Talk Radio. Well, welcome everybody. This is your host, Alyssa, and we are sitting down today with the COO of Ripe.io to discuss the blockchain of food. Food is changing and technology companies are assisting one of the oldest professions in the world, farming and food producing, helping sustainable food development, food transparency, and the emergence of a new space called AgTech has hit the ground running, and one of the forefront leaders of that is Ripe.io. We will be talking today with Rachel Cabado about blockchain and how blockchain shows transparency of food, providing quality assurance. And we have Rachel here on the line. Hi, Rachel. How are you today? Well, I'm doing great, Alyssa. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you. You know, Rachel, we know you're busy, and so in our introduction today, we started with blockchain of food, and I think right out of the gate, a lot of people think of blockchain and they think of cryptocurrency or Bitcoin. So I think before we dive into about you, what is a high-level but brief explanation of blockchain? You're you're not uncommon in your thinking, Alyssa. Um, you know, I think you know, I think part of our journey is ripe. You know, we've been around for a couple of years. Uh, has been a lot of education because you're absolutely right. I think probably about 99% of the people we've spoken to kind of equate, you know, Bitcoin or some type of cryptocurrency to blockchain, and that's really just an application of the blockchain technology, right? And a, a blockchain kind of Technology is really centered around having one um, immutable ledger in which all parties share the data uh, of the ecosystem in such that, you know, it's now, as opposed to single databases, it's just one distributed ledger that everyone sees the same source of data, everyone sees the same record of truth, and, and everyone sees it at the same time, right? It has nothing really to do with cryptocurrencies and blockchain but it's really around um, the technology underlying that supports the use case. Well, that sounds much easier for me. I, I kind of think of this analogy as sharing is caring a little bit. So it gets into this sharing journey, right? <laughs> Correct. Correct. Absolutely. It is all about sharing. Terrific. So I want to switch gears and, and talk a little bit about you and where you came from because ag tech is a new-ish field, food tech. So it, for people listening today who don't really understand ag tech, you came from product and found your way into Ripe and the ag tech space. So I'd love to know a little bit about you and your background and how you found your way into, into working for Ripe. Sure. Um, so I have been in retail technology um, my whole career, you know, whether that's been a customer support role or, um, you know, in professional services or consulting capacity, um, but most recently it's been focused on product management and building products that deliver value to customers. Um, however, I have exactly zero experience with food other than eating it. Um, and I have zero experience <laughs> with agriculture. Uh, and I came across um, RIPE, you know, a little bit um, by happenstance in the sense that, 
you know, I was kind of at a point in my career where I was looking for to do something different. Um, you know, I'd been with a number of startups, had some exits, you know, some not so nice, some nice. Um, and I was, you know, advising for a number of startups here in the Bay Area. And, you know, I have to say I was advising for probably five or six different companies in different capacities, wow. you know, whether it's around product management or development process or, you know, some type of marketing role. But, um, you know, uh, my partner had asked me if of all these companies, if one actually asked you to come on board full time, is there one that you would? And, you know, and I said, hands down, it would be ripe. And the reason for Correct. that is, yeah, is that ripe has really connected me um, to food. Uh, you know, I think I was just one of those people that would walk into a grocery store and not even give it a second thought as to, you know, where did my food come from? Who touched my food? What's in it? How was it grown? Um, you know, and I think also, you know, understanding kind of the food, the, um, how food affects one's health. And so I've been doing, you know, a lot of studying around Ayurvedic medicine and kind of alternative medicine practices. And it's really interesting how food can support, you know, uh, your body and, you know, and you don't necessarily need to take, you know, that pill all the time. You can, you know, adjust, mm. your, adjust your food product and your food intake, to, you know, to help live a happier, healthier life as well. I'm not saying you don't need Western medicine. I'm just saying you know, it was an alternative that I was at that time in my life looking to yeah. improve. And so, yeah. you know, going out on a farm with Ripe, I think kind of the first, you know, that was one of the first instances where, you know, we were on a tomato farm down in um, Santa Barbara, and, and it was like, wow, you know, uh, it's very eye-opening to see the farmers, the workers, kind of the production and, and the growing and, and just kind of how food actually gets to us and, and um, you know, Ripe has really, uh, has, you know, what started out as, you know, a company that, you know, was interesting has really become a passion, you know, and I really believe in the mission sure. that we're trying to accomplish. Well, that's a, that's a great entree into the meat of the interview, which is to really shift gears and talk about Ripe and, and their role in the food space. So, you know, as the COO, I would love to know, what are some of the problems that Ripe wakes up every day and as a collective unit between their engineers and the leadership, what are some of the problems in food and, and farming and, and perhaps even offer, Rachel, some of the other categories I haven't offered, but what are some of the problems that Ripe is solving and how are they solving it effectively through blockchain? Well, you know, there's, I mean, where to start, right? There's, there's a lot of challenges in the food supply. Um, you know, I think everyone's aware of kind of the foodborne illnesses, um, you know, with kind of the generational shift. You know, there's a lot of um, want from consumers and, you know, quite frankly, demand from consumers that they want to know from where their food came, who touched it, was it grown sustainably, is it packaged sustainably, right? There's so many avenues in ag tech and food that come to light. You know, but where RIPE is, is really trying to focus is around um, what we call a kind of two modules of our, of our application. One is track and trace, where, you know, we're trying to track the food product as it starts from beginning to end point. You know, beginning could be, you know, the seed varietal. Um, beginning could be import into the U.S. 
um, and the endpoint could be the consumer or, could, or it could be a processing plant. And quite frankly, it just depends on, um, you know, what we define as part of the use case. You know, and then the other aspect, which um, we think is, is very highly relevant and where a lot of our, uh, our employees also are very passionate is around the sustainability or the quality, the locality, the provenance of the food products. Um, you know, how was it grown? Or are they practicing you know, good kind of sustainable practices, et cetera? Uh, and so we try to help answer those types of questions. You know, we don't, we go to our engagements um, with our various customers and we don't necessarily have a specific kind of use case, but you know, as we are talking with them, we're, we're essentially ideating with them on, on which um, use cases would best support uh, or best have the highest value to leverage a blockchain technology. And, you know, and, and a couple of reasons for that, you know, one we look at, you know, is the supply chain fragmented? If it's highly fragmented, then, um, you know, it's a good candidate. Um, is there a mistrust or does there need to be transparency among the supply chain um, participants? And then the third kind of aspect is around, um, you know, the ability to share data in an immutable fashion such that, you know, once the data is posted to the ledger, it kind of quote unquote becomes a source of truth and is shared to all the different ecosystem participants. Um, and so, you know, just kind of how we help is we provide that ledger system. We enable data to be shared. Now, you know, each of the participants still own their data, uh, but they choose what they want to share with the ecosystem partners. And then we create kind of that story of answering the question of, you know, was my food locally grown? Um, were, was wow. the farmer, you know, sustainable? Um, you know, are they practicing, you know, organic practices? Are they certified? So, you know, depending right. on the customer use cases is kind of the problem that we solve. Wow. So, I mean, I'm going to just unpack that because you've mentioned a, a few things here. And, and if you're not, uh, for those that are listening, if you're not following Ripe, you can go to Ripe.io um, and check this out. But I did a, a pretty fun thing where there was a QR code on Twitter and LinkedIn for Ripe. And I just took my QR code scanner and I saw in real time one could track their food. I mean, it was pretty incredible. So you're, you're talking, I just want to unpack about traceability a minute, Rachel. So, so you're saying that, you know, if you are a food producer, you can really provide in real time results, the, the journey of a food. So if you're an orange, you can go from, you know, basically seed to sale with this traceable ledger and share that data, you know, with whomever. That's correct. I mean, you know, um, I think, you know, getting down to What's that? That's really powerful, yeah, it, I would imagine. It is yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, it, you know, and it gives a level of transparency that really hasn't been seen before. Um, yeah. you know, and it also um is starting to derive additional insights, you know, where whereas mm -hmm. the participants only had view of their current set of data, right now that they're right. sharing it across the ecosystem, now there's additional insights and other questions and other types of insights and analytics that companies are now trying to understand. So it's opened up a whole nother a whole nother area of of you know of information. And and I would think there's a bit of quality assurance. So if if I think in terms of a restaurant or somebody um you know providing food to consumers, 
by using this technology, I mean, they're really able to to ensure that the food is is safe or up to uh, standards and safe for consumption. Yeah, I is mean, that, you know, it's it's, and I think of it um, kind of like this, right? Like like each, you know, whether it's a DBG manufacturer or whether it's a, a restaurant, a fast casual restaurant, or or, you know, whatever kind of, uh, you know, a, a um, uh, you know, a farm-to-table type restaurant, you know, the ability to tell the consumer from where their food came, you know, is highly powerful. And it, and it you know, meets kind of the consumer ethos as well as mm-hmm. enhances the brand integrity so that, you know, actually, yeah. you know, what, what they're saying is actually true. Like, you know, the milk was locally Source, or you know, these carrots and beets actually did come from a farm that was a hundred mm-hmm. miles away, you know, and and it yeah. it allows them to have confidence that you know, one, they're eating what they think they are, and and two, mm-hmm. it's adhering to the brand integrity. I mean, that's incredible, and I know prior to the interview, uh, for privacy reasons, we can't exactly name names, Rachel, but you know, perhaps you could just speak to a couple examples where you know, Ripe has been successful in this domain um, and with other brands or businesses that, you know, are using the technology currently, where have you seen it be really successful? Um, so, you know, we have a couple of, a couple I can talk to. Obviously, I'm not, I can't um, disclose who they are. I think, sure. you know, we have a fast casual restaurant. I think there's been some press and so it's, um, about it, and you know, they're really centered around locally sourced, sustainable, um, organically grown food products, right? And that's kind of the mm-hmm. ethos of of the restaurant. And you know, and we literally go out to the farm. Uh, we meet with the farmers, you know. And and one of the challenges where Alyssa, you know, earlier you asked me what is what are some of the challenges? Well, you know, these these farmers are are really you know coming across hard times and. You know, and we're trying mm-hmm. to lift them to be able to, you know, get the value for the food product that they're producing. Um, but one of the challenges we we have noticed or, you know, have with every engagement is, you know, the farmers aren't digitized. Um, you know, they right. don't, they aren't necessarily always technology savvy. You can't just hand them an, an iPad and say, here, go at it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they need their hands. It's hot. It's wet. It's muddy. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so you have to think about kind of those conditions and, you know, and quite frankly, if they're growing a tomato, you know, it's not an identifier to them. It's a tomato. Like I'm growing these, you know, cherry tomatoes or I'm growing these, these beets or these carrots and it's, you know, and, and they don't, they don't kind of have any visibility once that, you know, that food product is harvested, you know, to what happens to it. Right, it's essentially right. you know the the logistics company comes on site, they collect you know the cartons or the bags, and then you know off they go, and the farmers are just kind of like, okay, here they go, and and they don't have any right. any visibility, you know, and and you know, right. and farmers, the ones that we speak to, you know, they want to kind of know what happened to my food product, what you know, where did it go, mm-hmm. um, and so 
you know, the use case for us was, you know, one, digitizing the farm and providing them with, you know, some of the capabilities, and, and we have hardware partners that also uh, help us enable the digitization of the farm so that, you know, they create, at that first step, we can create a unique identifier and then also create kind of the attributes around that food product that they're producing. And then from there, we trace that identifier all the way to kind of the endpoint of the restaurant. And as the food product, you know, is stored in um, each of those different, whether it's the producer to the restaurant, you know, we're tracking kind of not only the event, but also the environment in which it's grown, in which it's transported, and in which it's stored. And all of that data together is now being shared across the ecosystem. And, and it's actually been very interesting because we do um, kind of these sensory or flavor panels where now we're, we're closing the loop and telling the farmer, this is what consumers thought about your tomato or your goat cheese um, or your wow. beets, you know. And so um, not wow. only does that inform the farmer what they think, but they might make different decisions on how they grow or how they and when they harvest. Um, or for the fast casual restaurant, you know, if the chef knows that, you know, the consumers, um, consumers, uh, think that this goat cheese is bitter or sweet, they might, you know, make a different salad with that goat cheese and to make it more palatable to the consumer. So, so now you're starting to kind of see how that data sharing, you know, from kind of farm to fork as well as the attribute data around each of those events can come together and, and really inform the ecosystem about kind of that food product. You know, and, and yeah. you know, and besides that, it also talks about not only the traceability, but, you know, they are, their ethos is locally grown. So from where did it come? You can say, you know, it was picked up here, it was grown here, and, you know, that consumer can see, like, oh, it was a farm down in Salinas Valley, or it was a farm up in northern Maine, um, and, and know that yeah. they're purchasing something that supports their local economy and feels good about it. You know, and so that's kind of, you know, one use case around track and trace. And, you know, we have another um, use case around kind of milk um, where, you know, the kind of producers and processors uh, and the farmers of the dairy industry wanted to kind of in, ensure and lift up the region um, of the area and, you know, and, and really provide a supply of, of milk that was regional. And so we, again, uh, re not only regional and local, but also sustainably um, processed. And so, you know, we're capturing, again, you know, the events of the supply chain, the environment, um, the, how long it was in processing, how long it was in transport. And we're servicing and capturing that into a regional grocery store chain where, you know, the consumers can now see that it was, you know, a farmer Ben, you know, dairy farm. That's wow. you know, 10 miles away that services, you know, this and they actually have a carbon footprint that saves 20 miles, right? And so now Impactful. as a consumer, I feel, yeah. yeah, I feel good about that. I feel yeah. good that I'm eating, you know, you know something that's local and, and is sustainably, sustainably produced. Um, I mean, you know, that, so we've got a okay. bunch of other use cases, you know, but those are just kind of a couple of, of um, the highlights that I can share. Well, thank you for sharing. I mean, that's that's really incredible. I mean, I I think of today when I look at a milk carton, I I always see a picture of the farm, but I, I mean, how special to actually know that the farmer was 20 miles away. <laughs> that's that's pretty epic and exciting. 
Um, yeah, and you, you know, know this, consumers they want to lift up their 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 local. I was just going to say, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the local movement um, is picking up steam. You know, there's there's organic movements within each state and local movements and farmer markets. You know, I just wonder, Rachel, now that you're you know, in in the farm scene and in food producing scene. I mean, you've mentioned a couple foods. You've mentioned tomatoes. You've mentioned milk. You've mentioned goat cheese. So, is this technology applicable to cattle? Does it work in alcohol? You know, what other categories could this be effective for? And and helping people with authenticity and track and traceability in your perspective. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's um, it, it can be applied to, uh, you know, I think any food product where, you know, there's high adulteration, you know, there's food fraud, um, there's kind of a, a mystique, not really a mystique, but a concern about how that food product is actually grown. Um, you know, for example, you know, with proteins, kind of think about, you know, pork or beef, um, you know, or chicken, like if, if you're mm-hmm. wanting to ensure that you're eating a brand of beef that's, you know, high quality, um, you know, you can actually track a cattle, you know, or, or that cattle or that animal using kind of electronic identifiers and, and, you know, combine that with kind of the genetics to ensure that that brand of beef is actually what a consumer is is consuming, right? And and how you tell that story mm-hmm. is, you know, obviously you don't want to share kind of all the genetic information to have a consumer look at it and go like, I don't understand what this means. Sure. But you sure. can, but you can, you know, you can show some of the genetics that actually provide the authenticity that I did eat wagyu beef or I did eat, you know, this type of this type of breed or you know I did have um, this kuni kuni type pork, right? So it's right, like say, it, what you're saying applic- is what you get. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and there's ways to, um, you know, provide that authenticity. Yeah, and validation, and that's I mean, really what a blockchain can do. Reassuring, because it, yeah, it's very yeah. reassuring. Yeah. So, I mean, Rachel, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the team, too, because, you know, some people might hear Ripe, Technology, Silicon Valley, um, but you have a team that's very credentialed in food, too, and has passion in food and farms. So maybe you could talk a little bit about the team and their passions and how, you know, they're also driving and connecting tech with the farm and with food itself. Sure. Um, you know, I always kind of joke around that, um, you know, had it not been for RIPE, I don't think, you know, my paths would have crossed with probably half of our team or most of our team. Um, mm-hmm. You know, our, our founders are from the fintech space. That's why they know blockchain technology and the applications mm-hmm. and, and value it can bring to the ag space, the food supply chain, which is, you know, obviously the vertical that they've chosen. Um, you know, we have sustainable farmers. Um, we have farmers on staff um, that have studied sustainable farming and agriculture practices. So, you know, they know best practices. They, I mean, they go out to a farm and, and they're just, you know, talking shop with these farmers and, and sharing their experiences and, and can really speak the language. Um, you know, the, when I was referencing earlier about, you know, flavor and sensory panels, we actually have a couple of 
of food scientists, one of which is, you know, a flavor specialist, um, which I didn't wow. even know existed, to be honest, uh, mm-hmm. until I joined RIPE. Um, and so, um, you know, and then obviously we have technology folks like the develop, the you know, blockchain developers, UI developers and that. But um, it's a very diverse group, has lots of different backgrounds, you know, as much as we're me learning about farming and agriculture is is how I'm sharing how product and technology help you know build products with them. So it's it's actually quite interesting because um, you know we're all learning from each other every day and we're all kind of becoming educated in each other's worlds and, and it's really starting to come. It's really awesome to see it come together and and you know and see ripe kind of come to life with the use cases and and with the team really building a lot of cohesion. Well, that, that's wonderful to hear. I mean, I love behind the scenes. And while we're behind the scenes, um, our show is called Know Your Food, and it's it's inspired by Ripe and your founders who started to see that, you know, brands, and there was a, a lot to be said for storytelling and thought leadership and showcasing many people in food. So, I, I mean, I know you're out going to conferences, Rachel, and you're very busy, but I, I don't, I think it's impactful to share this, how we got here today. You've started a podcast in hopes of storytelling on behalf of foods and food producers and brands. And so, you know, I'd love for you to maybe talk about that and this know your food story that, you know, now Ripe is launching and, and really prepared to get behind and be active in. Yeah. So, you know, the, um, as all of us have just been on the road and, and going to conferences and and hearing other people speak, you know, it's I would say the one common factor is all of us want to improve the supply chain and, and lift the farming community and lift the agriculture community. I think almost every food conference you go to it talks about, you know, the growth of the population and, and how we're running out of food. Um, wow. You know, and yeah. so this podcast isn't isn't about ripe and its customers and trying to you know market ripe and sell ripe. It's all about you know let's talk to people and hear what they're doing, like you know, and share. We went to kind of an accelerator event the other night, and and there were just some mm-hmm. really innovative foods, and you know, and and yeah. we're just like, wow, this is awesome. You know, but but it's it's really a platform for people to share. You know, one their expertise, two their experience, and and three just share their knowledge about the food industry and and really just help educate and and get the word out about all these cool things that are happening in in not only the ag tech space but just agriculture and, and food in general. Now oh, that's a that's a beautiful mission, and you know, so we, we've got about. A minute left here, Rachel, and I, I think what I'd love to conclude with is just what is next for RIPE and, you know, how how do you see yourself growing and solving, you know, what you just mentioned, that there may be food shortages and how are you looking to take the company and continue to empower food producers, food distributors, um, and, and thus possibly consumers? Yeah, I mean, you know, for us, it's all about, you know, building that ecosystem and developing that ecosystem of partners um, onto um, the the ledger, you know, technology and, and really then starting to share that data such that, you know, one, you can have 
you know, understand better sustainability and growing practices. Too. You can share data and insights and, and really as each ecosystem comes to life, um, really lift that ecosystem up such that they can be more efficient. You know, they can tell their stories, they can, um, you know, inform consumers that, hey, you know, we're doing some really cool stuff and we're doing it, you know, a lot better than we were doing it, you know, three, five years ago. But um, you know, I, we want you to hear our story, and, and that's really kind of our, our mission is to really enable an ecosystem to provide value and, and really lift up that industry of that ecosystem. Well, what a beautiful mission of collaboration. And on that note, Rachel, um, I'd like to end the show by thanking you for your time. Folks can go to ripe.io and they can follow Ripe on Twitter at Ripe.io, all one word, or go over to LinkedIn. And Rachel, you are also on Twitter. So for folks that have listened, it's just at Rachel Gabato. We will be posting Rachel's contact information for those listening who want to know more. Thank you so much, Rachel, for your time and joining us on Know Your Food. Great. Thank you for having me, Alyssa. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And for those that want to learn more about ripe.io, please go to their website at ripe.io. That's R-I-P.io. You can also head over to their social media uh, by going to twitter.com forward slash ripe.io. And we will be back next Monday with the co-founder of Agritecture Firm, a firm specializing in urban farming, and their founder, Henry Gordon-Smith. So make sure you tune in next Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific time. Thank you so much for listening, and know your food.